Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Well, Mark Fernandez, uh, Darth Sidious, Mark Sidious. I always forget your name. Yeah, it's all good. It's just There's, Mark. It's, <laughs> it's really two time. Yeah, man, we're back. We're back. There's a lot. We're going to get away from the, you know, we did this awesome science one. Yeah, we did the so top. So much fun. That was so much fun. Yeah. Moments, our favorite moments in Star Wars. But now we're getting back to some news here to see how what will happen there. Okay. Um, first off, episode nine wrapped. Yeah, I um, I saw I saw the Twitter and I saw the Instagram uh, yeah. post about it. Um, you know, our our dude John Boyega was the first to sort of you know I think let it out that yep. it wrapped, and then mm-hmm. everybody kind of jumped on it. J.J. Mm-hmm. Um, Abrams tweeted here. You know, but here's here's what I think is interesting about the rap mm. that it had a very strong finality to it. Mm. You know, and I, and I think this might dovetail into some of the other topics that we're going to talk about. Yeah, but the idea, I think, from the idiolect, okay, of John Boyega's uh, post mm-hmm. is that he said goodbye to Finn. It seemed like a goodbye to Finn right. type of post. Yeah, it sure did. Let's see if I can find that. Yeah, he said, that's a wrap on Star Wars Episode Nine and the end to a chapter of my life that I couldn't be more thankful for. What a process. It really has been a joy to be in these movies surrounded by amazing people. JJ, thank you for making my dreams come true. Yeah, Episode Nine, wrap on that and the end to a chapter of my life. A chapter. So, so there could be other chapters. There could be a chapter. You never know. But it doesn't seem like it's like – you know, what I'm trying to say, it's like if if there was even a subconscious understanding that he's going to continue this character in, let's say, one of these Disney Plus right. things that have been announced. Right. It would be something more like, thank you so much, J.J., for introducing me to this great character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what a blast that was to shoot. Right. You know Maybe what I mean? Leaving like, a little yeah, breadcrumb. First, first of all, it's not a great comment, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. I, yeah, so it's gonna that this you're right. This dovetails into a report that's out there um, that now I've never heard of this um, this site here. I'm I'm gonna try to be nice. <laughs> so I'm taking this with a, a grain of salt right now until yeah. I hear it from some of our trusted folks here, some of the trades, whether it's yeah. the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, The Wrap, Deadline, what have you. But uh, HN Entertainment has an exclusive exclusive that they are making. Let me count this. 87 TV shows based on Star Wars characters. I'm being funny. But what they do list is a young Princess Leia, Captain Phasma, Knights of Ren, Rose Tico. uh, We heard Finn and Poe. And then Sith Lord Darth Bane all being considered right now according to this. Now, that's a little hard for me to believe that they would have that many in active development, I could believe that they have that many on a list of a piece of paper where they wrote some stuff down. Oh, that might be interesting. That might yep. be interesting. 
But I'm not taking this yet as complete and total happening. Me either. Until I hear more. Not even close. Yeah. It's, it would be hard to, to, to put all this behind it uh, or put uh, and say, oh, this is happening yeah. when we know how hard it is to get something off the ground. And then when, then when you add Disney and Lucasfilm to the mix. But it just – it also feels so scatterbrained. It does. Right? Yeah. It's just like where's the focus? Where's the vision? Like now you got you know Sith Darth Bane in there, which is great. Right. But I, like – I also heard a Lando sh- uh, series, a Kira, ser- Kira who was um, – Right. You know the love interest in Solo. So this is all assuming that the that that the actors would reprise their roles. Or all, are we talking on some CW shit? Yeah, no. I guess it would be Disney Plus, and then yes, the actors would reprise their roles. If we're looking to the precedent set, which we know that there's a Cassie Nander series, we know the Mandalorian's coming, of course, but we know that there's a Loki series coming from Marvel, and Tom Hiddleston would right. would be a part of it. So you can fill in some blanks. But I'm still missing a lot of blanks here. I'm still yeah. missing stuff. So we got to talk about that, right? Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about it. It's rule of two. Rise. All right. So look, we're coming in a little bit sloppy today. Coming in sloppy. It's episode 27 of Rule of Two. Yeah. There, I got it here. Look, on it's, the... been, it's been a truck, man. <sighs> Dude, I know. What's going on? Just in general, yeah. Just in life, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a rough week. You know that for me, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we've already talked about it. Off we talked camera about it. Like, Everybody knows, and um, you know, those thank conversations you. are are between you and me. In any case, are best left um, yeah. when the microphones are off. That's you know? correct. But uh, I do appreciate the outpouring of support that I did get from followers and listeners and fans and whatever you want to call it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. So you know what I'm referring to. We don't want. To, we don't need to bring the sadness no, in. It's. But it was a long There's week. There's plenty of yeah. sadness in Star Wars right now. <laughs> like, let's I'm still, let's talk about this. Yeah, I'm confused, man. Like, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, look, let, let's 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 tear down um, the airs a little bit, okay, and, and do some rule of twoing. Let's do some rule of twoing, okay. Now we mentioned up top, J.J. Abrams officially wrapped yeah. Episode Nine. We're going to start hearing uh, and, and possibly the title. Yeah. Possibly – we know a trailer will probably dro- – will drop at Celebration but, you know, Sunday. Come on. Not, not, not to interrupt you but what I'm trying to get at here oh. is yeah. what's going on? <laughs> you know? Like I, know. I mean like, like literally like I look around and I feel like um, – you know what I feel like a little bit? Hmm. Um, New Hope. When um, when Obi Wan, Han, Chewie, and Luke get to Alderaan, yeah, and it's not there. No, it's just a debris. It's yeah, blown up, destroyed yeah. by the Empire. Like that's blown up, destroyed by the Empire. Is kind of like what I'm feeling right now when I when I get to this. News, right? That mm-hmm. that you talk about on top of the show with like these eighty-seven shows that have been like supposedly exclusive to HN, which you've ne- we, we've never heard of, so we right. don't know how they got the exclusive. But good for them, you yeah. know. Yeah, um, we'll and, see who vets it out. You know, yeah. if this plays out more, so. and we get into this thing, and there's just a minefield of ideas, you know, flying around us, hitting the hull of the ship, yeah, without any vision or direction or just like – I mean what the hell is going on? If I can read between the lines, which I th- I think I can in this uh, situation, we've heard <laughs> we've heard many – you know, there's there's rumblings of like did they – one, do they have even a plan for the, the sequel trilogy? There is some – Forget – I mean that's there's, over already. It's that, already wrapped. But there's guideposts. Here's what I'm saying. There's guideposts that you can infer. You can maybe feel that yeah. there might not be – a direction for that sequel trilogy, but let's see. J.J. Abrams coming in. A lot of people are excited about yeah. that. I'm, I'm not that worried. Count, I, me, I like, count me excited as well. Right. I'm, and, I think it's going to be a lot of fan service. I think it's going to be a lot of what we want. I think we're going to yeah. get a lot of lightsabers. Yeah. And I also think and and look uh, today is you know we're both in a mood. Okay? Oh yeah, we're in a mood. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're we're both in a mood. And I'll tell you right now, I literally think that episode nine is going to like feel like episode eight never even happened. I'm worried about that. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, uh, you know, I know me. You love I, it. Yeah. I, I love it and I want it to be 
you know, but it's another symptom. It's another symptom of the sickness that we've talked about on this show ad nauseum. Is that the sh- is that is that the show? Well, the show maybe too, but the franchise lacks vision. Right, and we've heard some distressing things. You know, we've heard yeah. um, rumblings. You know, we know that after Solo, they went whoa, 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 pump the brakes. You know, and all the Star Wars spinoffs, so to speak, that we've heard of. We were wondering about Obi-Wan. We were wondering about the Boba Fett movie. We were wondering about that Moss Eisley mm. movie that uh, allegedly was happening but then fell apart horribly. The Del Toro. The Del Toro. Yeah. It was. We, we, have, we have it on good we authority. The, look, I mean just off the top of my head, right? Mm. We have Benioff and Weiss's new trilogy supposedly about the beginning of the Sith and the Jedi. OK. I'm interested. Yeah, maybe. Um, we don't know. That was just our wants because we look at Game sure, of Thrones, sure. right? But yeah. but a lot of people are saying that, right? Right. Um, then we have this Ryan Johnson trilogy that's supposedly intended for kids, OK? Right. <clears throat> that's a big thing too because there was a report – excuse me. <laughs> oh. Kick it out of there, bud. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll wake you up in the yeah, morning. Yeah, <clears throat> you were saying. Yeah, we, we have some that. Water. Jesus, we have um, we have the Mandalorian, which actually seems like it's it's in good hands. Right, it's so in good I have, hands. So yeah, I, have, I think so, I think we're okay on that one. We have the animation studio, mm-hmm. which I got to tell you, man, it's diluted itself beyond recognition. Like the animation studio was Clone Wars. Okay, Clone Wars was great. It's one of my favorite moments in Star Wars ever found in yeah. Clone Wars. If you guys haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah. It's incredible. Watch all the seasons. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for the new one to come out. Um, then you went from Clone Wars to uh, Rebels. Yep. Uh, very similar, right? Like, yeah. you know, like in production value and yeah. push the boundaries a little bit. A little Re- bit different uh, look to the animation. Yeah, but, but it, still you know. very, very, very high quality. Absolutely, right? and people loved Rebels, including me. I thought yeah, they yeah, really some good stuff and very consistent in in its format. Right? right, right. But then, some way in the middle of Rebels, you started getting these like um, these like micro episodes of. I, I believe the first thing was like the ladies of Star Wars. Then it evolved into like the heroes of Star Wars, little mini clips, and uh-huh. then like you have all of this stuff that's like. It just it, it's muddying the waters, you know. And then you have um, this new one that I even forgot what it's called. Re- uh, Resistance. Resistance, mm. which is like it seems like nobody's watching. It's doing well, is it? Yeah, people are watching. I'm not. I'll, I'll freely admit that right I'm now. I'm not watching, but no, I don't I know, know anybody who's watching. Who's watching it? Like, what are the numbers on it? I don't know. Let's see if we can find out. Star you know? Wars. So, so I guess my 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 point is, and I know Jeremy Johns used to talk to me a lot about this, is that one of the things about Star Wars that made it the most important entertainment franchise in the world mm-hmm. was the scarcity around Star Wars content. Right. You know, I mean, like, it was scarce to get a movie. You mm-hmm. know, you got one every fucking three or four years. Yeah. Um, you know, TV shows, forget about it. You never got that, period. Nope. You know, and now it's like... It's gone so far on the other side of the spectrum, and it's not even in practice. It's just in these all these announcements, and like it's just announcement after announcement that has, I don't know, man. Like I really do feel like we just teleported into Alderaan, <laughs> and there's just debris everywhere. Well, let's let's break this down. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of with you now. On yeah. one hot, on one side, I love the idea of getting. I love the animated shorts. I thought those were fun. They were geared towards little kids and geared towards introducing them. It was to like s- social content, right? It was like, yeah, it was mostly show. I would watch it on Twitter and then go about my business, right? Yeah. Resistance I've missed just for so many reasons, so much content that I have to take in. But a lot of these little micro-animation things were just retellings of famous iconic yeah. moments of the movies. Right. Yeah. So the original trilogy maybe getting the kids involved. Like this is what your dad and your mom liked. Here it is like – this quick, eat it up, yeah. good good animation, what have you. Now, the reports that you're mentioning, these are all rumors for now. There's like two good. that I'll that good. I'll yeah, these are two there's two that I'll hang my hat on. The Mandalorian and the Cassian Andor series. Yeah. Those are the ones that have been vetted. Trades have said it. StarWars.com, Star Wars itself has announced it. Now everything else is just speculation. So if you take that and say that they're rumors right now, 
how would you feel? I mean, is it people making stuff up or is Lucasfilm really looking at all that? If they're really looking at that and that this is a legit report, then I feel like they're just throwing this stuff up against the wall and I, seeing what will stick. Look, man, I I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. It's 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 bumming me out. Really? It's bumming me out a little bit, man. Like Yeah, I'm not. I'm fine. You know, because I'm like it's giving me very little hope that things are going to get better. You know, when there's such a lack of vision, when there's when they're so free to say Hey, we'll do a show about every single character we have. Again, and just like, rumors, though, right? But just rumors. You know, yeah. first of all, good point. These I are, just want—I want to make sure these are only rumors because we could. I so mean, I could make one up right. Yeah, until I see it in print from reliable sources. Not saying you're not reliable over here. I just—I'll say it. I'll yeah. say it. This source doesn't sound very reliable to me. Not right now. Yeah, but but it could be. It could be good. Now, there's another rumor going around mm. um, that that you were telling me that was reported by this is Star Wars News Net. Star Wars News Net, yeah. Tell and us about f- that. Let's get and an they are, on that. They are we'll our friends pin, over we'll, there. Yeah, we'll put a pin on this stuff. And uh, they are are saying we were told that an Obi Wan Kenobi limited TV series is happening and is the next top priority for the Disney Plus streaming service. So now that sounds incredible. Could we be getting an Obi-Wan limited series? That sounds so hard to believe. Streaming. Now, this one? With Ewan McGregor? It would be Ewan McGregor. Now, they haven't mentioned that. It's just kind of assumed. What they're hinting at is that it was ready to go. Ewan McGregor was at the solo premiere. Yeah, we, we saw him. We saw him. The idea being solo comes out, kills it, announce Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Ewan McGregor's there. Well, that didn't happen. We know what happened with Solo. Didn't do well. So they put the brakes on it. Could they take that movie and break it into six or seven episodes and put it on Disney Streaming Plus? I think they could. I think they could. I think that would be much more logical than if you take that other report now, call it rumor, whatever you want to call it, Obi-Wan Kenobi series, okay, where we've smelled a lot of smoke, okay, or – 27 different TV series based on every character ever created by George Lucas. And like, you know, it's like Gonk the droid is getting his own series now. And he's just this this black box of a Gonk, Gonk, Gonk. And I look, I um, here's here's why a lot of these things make sense. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Is if Disney wants to kickstart their streaming service as a as a going concern um, for their for their stockholders mm. um, and have it be a success, right? Because I'm assuming it's going to be a subscription model. Yeah. For subscription models to work, you need subscribers. Mm. And for you to be competitive in this space, you need subscribers in the orders of magnitude of, you know, 2 million, 5 million, 10 oh, yeah. million, right? Like you need real users, right? Yeah. Uh, each paying their nine bucks a month. So, so now you can start actually seeing some real revenue. Right. So how do you create must-watch content? You flood it with Star Wars stuff that you can't see anywhere else. Right. And you and people um, – it's a pretty good bet that if I have an exclusive streaming service that it's the only place in the world that you can watch a seven or eight episode exclusive series around Obi-Wan that I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. You know, like sight unseen. It's like sign me up. Which was kind of what I was with The Mandalorian. I went sight unseen. And then when I heard Loki, yes, I'm signing up. Yeah. Completely. So it's like – I guess when you're talking about this service, it makes sense that you want to be able to fill it with a lot of content. I mean, look, you know, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, let's not poo-poo the idea of 27 Star Wars shows because how much money does Netflix put out? I mean, yeah. I watch Netflix. It's like they, they have a show about everything. They really do. And that we were talking about that on Collider Live the other day. The, the Netflix really, you know, obviously reinvented everything with this kind of service, streaming service. But then the original stuff, I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. I love some of the documentaries they do, limited or otherwise. Some of the original movies are great. And we're getting The Irishman by Scorsese. We're getting um, a Michael Bay feature. Roma Roma was fantastic. We're getting a Spike Lee movie on there. So Netflix has really kind of got it figured out. Yeah. And like even the TV shows, like they have so many TV shows. Like 
I just, um, you know, last week I watched that show uh, Manhunter uh, about Isn't the Unabomber yeah. with Sam Worthington. It was yeah. just like – it's just a, here's another Netflix show and then there's like um, uh, Hunter. Uh-huh. With uh with uh, Fincher. These are two very similar shows. They're, did you watch it? I did. Mindhunter? Yeah. The Fincher one? It's yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Actually, I'm gonna drop a little um a little uh perspective here. Uh-huh. I think that that actor uh who plays the the main this... investigator guy, mm-hmm. the younger guy, I believe his name is Jonathan Groff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's my top pick for Batman right now. Ooh. You're dropping some – yeah, let me see. i got to pull this actor up. Yeah. I see the face, but it's – it's it's. Uh, did, did, did you watch Mindhunter? Mm-hmm. I watched the whole thing. I cannot wait for the second season. What do you think about him as Bruce Wayne? I know there's a Star Wars podcast, but – Hey, sometimes we want to talk about pop culture. He does look good. OK, Mindhunter, yeah. Because he's younger. You know, He's got that area died vibe. But in in any case, my, 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 my Star Wars point – is that if you look at Netflix, they had to do a run of shows um, that maybe feels a little bit like throwing shit at the wall. Yeah. I see. They're going to have to find their footing. They're going to have to find something that works. So if Disney Plus really wants to compete with Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, right, which right. are the big three, yep. then you need to have enough content in there to actually make it that – Somebody beyond the Star Wars fan wants to sign up for it. Right. You know, so I can see them strategically saying, well, you know what? It makes sense that we need 20 Star Wars shows. We need 15 Marvel shows. We need a bunch of like stuff for kids. Like, let's start doing documentaries a la, you know, uh, March of the Penguins Mm -hmm. and like the bear and all of the nature stuff that they do. Like, um, you know, they own ESPN, so I can see them doing sport exclusives and documentaries and stuff like that. Um, So, look, you know, now that I'm thinking about it more, I'm a little less bummed out. Yeah, you're talking yourself into it? I don't know if I'm talking myself into it. I'm seeing the logic of it a little better. Now, and and again, yeah, if you go to this report and you see all those – I failed to mention also there's Knights of Ren series that they're they're talking about. Okay. All of that makes sense in the development kind of world. You can say, yeah. but, what are some good ideas? Yeah. But it's another thing to green light it. So, but this is the question I have. When you yeah. have all that stuff in there, is there such a thing as too much Star Wars? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely is. I totally agree because yeah. then you're watered down and it's like, OK, we sit back. Uh, I don't click. know. Actually, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Fin- finish your thought. Sit back, relax, click Mandalorian. Great. First few episodes. This is awesome. I'm in. I'm now going to go to the theater and watch episode nine. Come back. Oh, my God. There's another series up. It's Obi-Wan. <gasps> Click that. Then another series popped up. We, Captain Phasma's got her own series? Click. <laughs> Pass. Right. Then I, I just <laughs> I just feel like it's, it's a little too much. And yeah. Focus in on the stories that are relevant. See now, see, now you're talking me off of it again. I'm playing devil's advocate is what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm giving the facts. I'm giving the rumors. I'm giving my two cents, but, but I want to be go back to the original trilogy. Yeah, we, let me let lo- me let me address one point that you made oh, before yeah, I forget. Go. Okay, I see that look in your eyes. You said, "Is there such a thing as too much Star Wars?" Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 you know um, unpack that for a second. Yeah. I actually think that there isn't, mm. but I would modify the statement. Is there too much? Is there such a thing as too much mediocre Star Wars? Mm. Absolutely. Yes. Because I think right now we have too much mediocre Star Wars. Mm. Like you and I are both not watching Resistance. No. You and I barely watch Rebels. We're about half and half. We're half in, half out. Half in, half out, but I did end up finishing just because – well, I caught up. But I see your point. I wasn't – into it as much as I was with the Clone Wars. Clone Wars, I was in every episode. Clone Wars, I binged. I kept watching. I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, yeah. it was must-see TV. Must-see TV. You there know? it is. Um, and look, Rogue One, Phantom uh, – I'm sorry, um, Force, Force Awakens. Awakens, Last Jedi, all must-watch. You yeah. know? But that's you know, Rogue you – know, that's three in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend, uh, on Friday, mm-hmm. you know, I um, – I finally installed Star Wars Galaxy's Legends. Oh, nice. Okay, because some fans were reaching out to us. Yeah. I finally installed it. And, man, I played that thing for about 20 hours straight. Oh, wow. That's so, awesome. 
That means that there's no such thing as too much Star Wars if it's good. Mm-hmm. Like if it's good Star Wars, you can consume that all day and all night. There's there that's the perfect point because yeah. yes, but then you wonder how much good Star Wars can you get if every if time so you turn around, yeah, it's so diluted. We get. Yeah. I, I think everybody and drop in some comments. Hit us up on Twitter. Everybody wants this Obi Wan. Yeah. If it's Obi Wan streaming series, I'd be happy with that. Oh my god! I, you know, and look, uh, let's not forget. Ewan McGregor won the Golden Globe, won the Critics' Choice Award, I believe, even won the Emmy. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the Emmy, but uh, for Fargo. Mm-hmm. So he's seen how television can be very gratifying if it's done at a high level. Absolutely. So I can totally see him being on board for a television show. Yeah, and we know it'll take place right between yeah. Sith and New Hope. I don't see John Boyega, who's such a fantastic actor. And if no one's seen him in the movie Detroit, I think it's one of the most underrated roles he's ever done. You know, we finally just caught up and, and oh, watched that it? again. I, wa- I saw it in a press screening and then – With once, us? Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. I can't really remember. But he f- is fantastic in that. Oh, man. Just to jump that on that point. That was movie of the year in, uh, in 2017. I, was I, could, I couldn't believe it. It didn't do more, but – to each whatever. I guess it just didn't land with audiences for yeah. whatever reason. But he's fantastic in that. I know I get where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah, he's he's like a he's like a bona fide A-list movie actor. Yeah. I don't see him being excited about especially like look, let's see where they leave Poe off. Right. Like that 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 little comment made me question whether he makes it. Yeah. I wonder. You know, like did he even make it? That's a good question. Did, but, yeah, we don't know. It yeah. seemed like it seemed like a, like a bit of a eulogy for uh, for Finn. His post episode Maybe. nine could kill off Finn. Could kill off Poe. Yeah, hell, could kill off Ray. We don't we don't know these things right now. So when you say they're like, what's conveniently missing though? I will say this in all the like the supposed what if uh, series, no Ray series. And I'm not saying she dies at the end of episode nine. We don't know that. Yeah, but man. no Ray series was was offered here. And Phasma is getting her own series, allegedly. Phasma, Phasma is not getting a series, is she? I, I would. I mean, that's that was in the report. Now, it's I was like, "What are you guys doing?" Like, I don't is... think I don't think there is any way that Phasma would get her own series. None. What what what's going to happen if episode nine? First of all, episode nine just wrapped. Right. It's coming out. In December. Yeah. That seemed weird, right? It, it kind of made me go, wait a minute, because they wrapped more over a year with Last Jedi and Force Awakens. At least, right? Yeah. So they have a little under – a little yeah. over 10 months. No, sh- it's about nine. I would say – I would put it with, with having to deliver prints to the theaters for mass distribution yeah. and theatrical release, marketing – trailers, what have you, they've got about eight, nine months of post, heavy, heavy post. I think, I think and, less. It, right. I'm, I'm kind of doing a, a, a generous yeah. estimate. What about reshoots? Because don't everybody lose their mind either. There are going to be reshoots. You think so? Yes. They always do. It will be simple or more. We don't know yet. Rogue One did it. Force Awakens did it. Last Jedi did it. There's always reshoots put into these big budget movies because they get it together. They get a print together and they go, you know what? We want a little bit more of this. If if you had to put yourself as a fly on the wall at Lucasfilm. Yeah. Okay. I want to do that. Um, do you think that the vibe inside Lucasfilm is positive? It's unsure. It's negative. It's toxic. Where, where would you put the vibe of Lucasfilm on the spectrum? Based on what is coming out or lack thereof, based on some of the decisions that have been made by getting rid of some of the Star Wars story spinoffs, I would say it's unsure, mm. bordering on negative. And do you think getting rid of Kathleen Kennedy would go a long way to repairing the situations? I think I, – I wonder. They need somebody that is going to guide them with a particular vision that is all-encompassing of Star Wars where they take into credit and consideration. Again, story, all the books, canon, comic books, TV series, movies. Put that all together. Gaming. 
gaming, all of that together. You don't even bring up gaming anymore. Like people forget that yeah. Lucasfilm or LucasArts, right. LTD, back in the day, was one of the progenitors mm. of the video game industry. Yeah. Forget like they were, oh, they made great games. Like we're beyond great games. We are – Lucasfilm was basically one of the – or LucasArts, I should say, was one of the first video game publishers ever. Yeah. Forget about whether they made good games or not. They invented the industry practically. And they did make some weird games that I didn't like. But I – but I, but it was at that age that I played everything. But people now don't even think about Star Wars video games. Well, because you know why? It's because there was all that backlash with, with – well, the first Battlefront I played and I was like – after like a day, I was like, well, this is kind of boring. It's terrible. I, I just – I'm just running around on Tatooine for 15 minutes shooting people. There's no goal. There's no story. <laughs> Battlefront 2, however, I loved. You loved it? I loved the story. I played it. You played the whole thing through? Yeah, played the whole thing through. Loved every second of it. But then I kind of just fell off. I haven't played since. But then, right. to, to your point, though, the reason I'm not talking about gaming is, one, I'm not a big gamer. I don't know a lot out there. But I did hear that they got rid of this open-world Star Wars game that they were oh, working yeah. on. But I'm hearing Fallen Jedi, Fallen Jedi yeah. Order, whatever that one is. Yeah, Star Wars Theory loves that one. Okay. Yeah. I'm crossing my fingers for that one. But I think it's more to do with me not being that big of a gamer that I don't bring it up. But to go back to my point here about Kathleen Kennedy, yeah. I think we need somebody that knows this mythology, knows the ins and outs, a la Dave Filoni, mm. who I see as a Kevin Feige kind of person. We need that vision because I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I am a huge Kathleen Kennedy supporter. She's the, one of the best producers in the world I agree. ever, all time. I agree. Has produced so many of my favorite movies all time, E.T., Jurassic Park. You get it. But the, producing a movie and running a mythology-driven company right. are two separate things. First of all, very, very well put. And Thank I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to rephrase what you said just a little bit to put it in my own words because I think it's a very powerful statement. Okay. Producing a movie and being the god of a franchise yeah. are two very different things. Exactly. Kevin Feige can produce a movie, but what is he doing? He's producing all the movies in the MCU. He's producing the vision. Yeah. The mythology. Boom. Yeah. Producing like, like – I don't see – and now it's come months and months later after dealing with The Last Jedi Backlash, getting people yelling at me if I, if I like this movie. Here's what I do know. I do know that I like The Last Jedi, but I could also acknowledge that, whoa, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, that was a big thing, and that's part of what I liked. But then with all the reports coming out and the pump and the brakes and the what are these shows and where's the Obi-Wan movie and Guillermo del Toro walked off, I'm sorry. Now I go, ah, okay, this is filling in. I'm getting more information. I didn't just jump down her throat because I said, F you, I didn't like The Last Jedi. I'm not even going to jump down her throat, but I am looking at the reports and the information I have and going, yeah, yeah, there, we need somebody to write the ship. Is that going to happen anytime soon is the question. I, I think, don't think so. I think after episode nine. I think after episode nine, she's got to walk. She, I think she will. I think episode nine will come out and she will say, you know what? I did my thing. I brought yeah. you a new trilogy, a couple of movies, got the Mandalorian out there. I'm good now. I'm going to go yeah. produce my own movies. And I look, I think the timing is perfect because I think that this might already be decided mm-hmm. um, that Kevin Feige is going to walk away from Marvel, mm. give Marvel to the next guy in charge because mm. like Endgame might be his Endgame. Could be. You know, he did 10 years, 10 solid years of what, 20 movies, yeah. uh, created the most successful film franchise in the history of cinema. And yes, you can fact check that. It's bigger than Harry Potter, which was the one that had passed. Yeah. Uh, bigger than Star Wars, bigger than James Bond, which was the leader for a very long time. Right. Uh, bigger than anything, you know? Yeah, because you think about it. He created the shared universe that every try, everybody tries to emulate now, but he had so many balls in the air. We got Robert Downey Jr. over here. We got Chris Hemsworth over here. We got uh, Chris Evans over here, blah, 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 putting them together. Each movie exists almost as another chapter in a bigger mythology, but you yeah. want to see all them, and he pulled it off. It's just like you said. It's one thing to produce a movie. It's another thing to produce a mythology. Right. You know, and you're very right about that. I think that it might already be in the cards. Kevin Feige will move over to Star Wars. Okay. 
Um, and Kathleen Kennedy will walk into the sunset mm-hmm. and continue getting all the love and respect that she deserves, yeah. that she's earned. Uh, but that I think I think Kevin Feige come 2020 will be crowned um, the new keeper of the force. I love that. Rise. Rise. I'm wondering though. You don't think so? You don't, you, you're what? not buying it? <sighs> no, I buy it. I definitely buy it, but he's he's gone on record saying no. But, I, I'm a fan of Star Wars. I want to watch it. I don't want to. I don't oh, want to get. He said in that it. on the record. He said something like that on the record. But come on, come on. Everybody's going to say something like that if he's having serious yeah. conversations and they go, you know what? Do you want to run Star Wars mythology? And he goes, you know what? I've been having a th- what is that? Oh, it's a Brinks truck. Well, hold on, I'll listen to you. Yeah. Well, look, I'll give you one little anecdote about me and Kevin Feige. Okay. Um, this is a true story. And it and it gave me, I think, some perspective into what he actually feels about Star Wars. Okay. Um, for the premiere of Spider-Man: Homecoming, I was invited um, to go see one of the early screenings before the premiere. It was the first time that an audience uh, had watched it, and I was so excited about it that I pulled rank around here, and and Frosty and I, Frosty was nice enough to make sure that I got in. So, yeah. so we went to go see it. And at this screening, it was in New York, and at this screening, Kevin Feige was there. Okay, And um, um, after the screening, um, I, you know, there's no secret. I absolutely love Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, me it's too. It's my favorite one of all the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's To me, I love Spider-Man Homecoming in the same way I love Back to the Future. I thought, yeah. I thought Spider-Man Homecoming was incredible. Yeah. You know, so... I was gushing when I was walking out of that theater and I see Kevin Feige walking up to us and he's talking. He's calling out Frosty's name. He's like, hey, Frosty, Frosty. Yeah. Uh, him and Frosty are, are pretty good buddies. you know. Yeah. So it kind of broke the ice because I didn't, had never met Kevin Feige before. So we start chatting up and this is before The Last Jedi um, had come out. And um, I told the man, I really love this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, this could be the best movie of the year. And like it's so friggin' good. And look, this is—I mean, I was delusional at the time, right? <laughs> but I said this could make more money than the next Star Wars. Yeah. And he looked at me and he was like, he was like, stop. He's like, <laughs> you're talking about Spider-Man versus Carrie Fisher's last film, right? Oh, okay. You know, so he didn't address it as the Last Jedi. He addressed it as this ongoing piece of like pop culture and cinematic history. Right. You know, by by referring to The Last Jedi as Carrie Fisher's last film, mm. he's like putting it on like a, like a pedestal above filmmaking. Right. You know, he's putting it on this pop culture manifesto type of thing. Very true. Um, and I think that the guy who's going to drive Star Wars needs to see it under that context to understand – that Star Wars isn't just a movie, mm-hmm. that it is a cultural phenomenon that happens on the screen every year. Yeah. You know, where I think that Kathleen Kennedy looks at it very, very differently. She looks at it as a way to, you know, uh, break pre, uh, you know, preconceptions from the audiences about what a hero is, whether it's a male hero or a female hero. Arguments that we were never really having with the prequels. Uh, I'm sorry, not the prequels, the original trilogy, mm-hmm. because Leia and Luke were twins. Yeah, they were two sides of the same coin. There is a, there is another. Yeah, there was never a question about is Luke a better hero than Leia. Right. They were both on equal footing. If anything, Leia actually knew what to do better than Luke did. She did. You know, so n- none of these forced issues were as much a part of the conversation. As maybe there's some agendas there now. I don't really see them, mm-hmm. but I've seen the conversations about them. Yeah. So obviously other people see them. You know, when I when I look at stuff like all the stuff with uh, Rose and, and, and Holdo and, and, and things that people critique or even Ray, I don't see any of that, to be yeah. honest with you. Like yeah. I thought Rose was a cool character even though I didn't like her storyline. Yeah, I thought – you know, I think Laura Dern is – a queen. I really didn't like her storyline, and Ray is one of the most charming characters I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I just don't think she's got a lot of great writing. Well, yeah. I again, if we're putting it with Kathleen Kennedy, I think she knew we need to hire JJ, 
And then something told her that we need to hire Ryan Johnson. Now, the reason I bring that up is because it feels like there's two very distinct, different visions there. And if she's going to put together two people and a third with JJ again, shouldn't she make sure everybody's on the same page with a vision? I think she's just Absolutely. interested in he's an interesting filmmaker. I'm letting you do whatever you want. Here's an interesting filmmaker. I'll let you do whatever I want. Now, people and but, directors hearing but then that. She gets, but then she gets a guilty conscience about that and then she starts meddling. And then she starts meddling. But there is something – yeah, Lord and Miller. I still now – I've completely reversed everything. And man, I wish Lord and Miller directed that solo movie yeah. and just got their Me way. Me too. Got their way. What would have happened? Yeah. Because you know who I would love to see direct a Star Wars movie, man? And like, The more I think about this, we just brought up Detroit. It's yeah. Catherine, Catherine Bigelow. Bre- yeah. Catherine Bigelow would be – would do an incredible job – with that kind of underground mafia type thing that they're trying to, you know, that they were yeah. trying to do with Mos Eisley and stuff like that, like, man, like there is so much talent out there that mm-hmm. is just talent. Yeah, it's not a ta- it's not men, women, ethnicity, or whatever. It's just talent. There's yeah. so much of it out there. Catherine Bigelow um, is, is somebody that you know. God. Anyway, I'm going off on a Catherine Bigelow tangent because, like, well, she'd be great. I mean, look at her sensibilities with Point, Point Break. Point Break is like to Detroit. To, Point Break is my fourth favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, yeah, right. So yeah, you think that she knows how to have fun. Yeah. She knows how to make popcorn entertainment. Point Break is all of that. But then you go to Zero Dark Thirty or Hurt Locker. Oh, Hurt Locker is one of my favorite war it's, movies ever. Yeah, it's I one put of the it best. Top three war movies I've ever seen. Yep. I, and I love Zero Dark Thirty. I yeah. love the intrigue in that, the connecting the dots, the the, the, the last oh, dude, scene. Another one, the Strange Days. Strange Days is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, VR, VR, and, like, and, and, like, and just weird, <laughs> yeah. psycho, crazy future anyway, stuff. It's like you know, look, and and, and like I want to be sensitive about this because I don't want to send the wrong message. Mm-hmm. I think that it's more important to judge somebody by the merit of their work and their character than it is by the color of their skin or their sexual or, or right. their sexual preference or their or, or, gender. Or, or their gender or anything like that Great. you know and there's so many people out there that have so much good body of work to mm-hmm. to to pick from that i think some of the ideas that you know in the background we're hearing are part of Kathleen Kennedy's uh, you know, uh, mandate, right? More diversity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Yet there hasn't been any person of color or any female tagged uh, with directing any of the films. No. Is that right? Like not yeah. that I've heard of. That was very – that's that's the – yeah. It's you a know? great point. Um, there's been um, really – Ray is supposed to be the anchor or the tip of the spear with the new franchises. She isn't. Right. Let's just admit it. The tip of the spear with the new franchises – if you were to poll 100,000 people, you would get a majority of them. I would think, say, Kylo Ren is the most interesting person in the franchise. See, I would, I would think Ray is up there, though. She's up there. She's yeah, number but two. I, I would put her on the, on, on the tip. I, I, I actually Do you think would. she's the tip of the spear with the yes. new ones? Yeah, yes. Look, I mean, I, I think and she's I supposed to be. And I just gravitate to towards Adam Driver more because of the complex character that he's inhabiting. But you know what? You're right. First of all, I stand corrected. You're right. She's definitely the tip of the spear – but I don't think they're treating her as a real tip of the spear. That's, yeah, and that's a whole other conversation because I can look at tip of the spear totally. Force Awakens, that was Rey's movie, and then she disappeared a bit in Last Jedi. She definitely disappeared. Totally agree yeah. with that. Look, I love my Last Jedi, but I can acknowledge some of the faults. I can acknowledge and say, listen, I wanted more from Rey. I didn't get it. I wanted more from Poe. I didn't get it. I wanted especially more from Finn. But I loved Adam Driver yeah. and Rey. Yeah. In that whole situation there and wanted, of course, yeah. more. Luke. Look, and Ray, um, I told you I saw The Force Awakens again like, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks ago. Yeah, and we had it on the background the other night. Yeah, and on, it's just uh, like Ray, uh, you know, Daisy Ridley does an amazing job in that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, she really, really does. It's like it's a great performance. It's her movie. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, it really is. I'll give it to her. She because she was the centerpiece yeah. and I fell in love with her. And like I don't even look. I mean, The Force works in mysterious ways. I don't even care that she's. All this powerful and doing all this stuff. I think you know it is what it is. Sometimes there's super talented people. 
Yeah, well, yeah, and, and I think you're referring to the Mary Sue argument, yeah. which, uh, which I despise with every form of my being. Is that still a thing? People are... Still a fucking thing. Right, right. Stupid. I don't really see the Mary Sue argument so much because she's touched by the force and the force works in mysterious ways. And, and, and look at the, the, the character I was struggle, set up. I struggle more with Finn. I, th- that I can understand. You know, I struggle but, more with Finn. But look at the character work. Look at what's going on. Daisy Ridley's character, Ray, was left on a desert planet by herself with Unkar Plot to do what she needs to do. You don't think she's going to be able to, at the age we then meet her, kick some ass with a spear because she's been running around yeah, in this she's desert? A tough girl. Yes. So she, so there's she she's knows how to fight. She's a fighter. There's right. no doubt about that. Then, I don't know if she knows how to fight a Millennium Falcon just by running towards she, it. I, I rewatched it again. Yeah. She is – she – now, in the text, I don't think she says, yes, I've flown it, but she has been working on these ships, all of these ships. They are Unkar Plot's ships, so she knows all about them. They're running to a, a, one of the ships and said, we're escaping on that one. We need a pilot. You've got one. Right. I can go into my head and go, of course you do. She's been on this desert planet collecting junk. She's going to learn how to fly. She's going to learn how to fight to you know, kick some guy's right, but, ass. But if she can't even eat bread and, she, and she's making all these sacrifices for uh, bread, yeah, bread that blows up into a little ball. Yeah, yummy. Then that doesn't, that doesn't jive with Unkar Plot making her do all this stuff for a piece of bread and Unkar Plot also letting her fly one of his ships. See, I don't know about that. Yeah? Yeah, because if she's scavenging – yeah. And she's in the bowels of the Star Destroyer where we meet her. Yeah. And she's pulling out and she's going to those locations. Yeah, she, she understands the engineering. She understands, uh, understands the engineering, all of that. In the text, she says, we've, we've got a pilot. She goes, not that one. That's garbage. That's Millennium Falcon, right? Yeah. And they're going to this one, but the First Order blows it up. Garbage will do. She's been in there. I'm sure she knows some of the mechanics there. I totally believe she can fly it. She did fly it, but guess what happened when she, she got it the, off the ground? She flew the shit out of it. Yeah, but that it took a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She got it off the ground. It's a movie. It's a movie. And knocked everything. That's the other thing. It's, it's a movie. It's a freaking movie. Yeah, but look, it's more than a movie. It's a franchise. It's our beloved franchise that – Oh, I get why people want it, you know, and I'm and look, there with you. And I, look, I love this episode because I think that we're getting to the root of our frustration. Yeah, because like, look, there's a long way ahead. Like, uh, you know, we do this show every week. Yeah, you know, and like I hear some of the fans saying, "Hey, you know, like enough Je- last Jedi bashing," and I'm I'm with you. Mm. Like, I don't want to bash the last Jedi anymore. Like, it's it's a highly subjective th- art. Art is a subjective thing, and it didn't speak to me the way that it does. But we take greater offense to it because of our campfire stories that we've talked about on this show. But also now thinking about it more, it's about not just producing movies or having opinions about movies because as a standalone movie, The Last Jedi has a lot of really cool things. Oh, yeah. But as part of the mythology is where it starts to break down. Yeah, I I can agree with that. And I I think that that – and look, I'm so glad that that you said that. It's so true. She's a good film producer. Mm-hmm. She's a bad producer of mythology. Yeah, because she's never had to weave in a huge mythology that is Star Wars. Yeah. But then when you hire this woman, look, in in her career, she did sequels, okay? Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park under Spielberg, yeah. right? Yep. And what do we know about those two movies, franchises? Sure, there's a mythology with Indiana Jones, but each movie exists on its own. It's more of a serial. It's more of a serial. Yeah. Jurassic Park, how hard is it? There's a mythology. They clone dinosaurs. Go. Yeah. That's and, it. And also, look, at the end of the day, she was probably uh, more involved in the, in the logistics of production, which is right. still a very difficult side of it. When you have George Lucas and Steven Spielberg in both of those projects, she's deferring to them to maintain the mythology. There's nobody that she's deferring to with Star Wars. Right. Aside from maybe, what do you think about this, director? I hired you, though, but they're answering to her. Right. So that, that's the difference that I finally have really, truly noticed when it comes to – and this is based on what I've seen in the theaters and in part with the news that we're hearing. And what did we hear? We saw what came out, but what did we hear after the fact? Fired Lord Lord Miller. 
fired Colin Trevorrow, rehired J.J. Abrams, you know, threw Tony Gilroy in there to do yeah. a bunch of reshoots for Rogue One where Gareth Evans was uh, – or Edward – Edwards or Evans? I always mix it up. Edwards. Um, where you know, the movie turned out great. I yeah. love Rogue One. But something was, was not right. Yes. And I finally came around to being like, all right, let's call a spade a spade here. Yeah, there's it's something being, in disarray happening. But 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 there's a, but there's another lesson too, and everything you're saying rings true for me. There's another lesson. Everybody was like George Lucas, you ruined my life. Yeah, he got it worse with the prequels. Yeah, you ruined my life. You ruined my life. You ruined my childhood. You ruined my childhood. You are yeah. Yet like, now, and Star Wars theory is is somebody that I would put in this book. People that are true prequelists that mm. grew up with the Star Wars prequels that are now entering their 30s mm-hmm. that absolutely love those movies yeah. because whatever you want to say about the Star Wars prequels, the prequels and the original trilogy are in sync when it comes to your point, the mythology. Right. You know, and I think that, you know, look, this is a, a very bold statement, but – that mythology is what keeps this podcast going. Right. Because we already have movie podcasts. Yeah. You know, so if Star Wars just becomes a bunch of movies and a bunch of television shows, mm-hmm. there's other podcasts for that. Yeah. This podcast is about mythology. This podcast is about philosophy. This podcast and – I, and I recommend you guys listen to the last podcast we did about science. You know, yeah. there's Star Wars is this beacon of everything. It's all the feels. It's it, it's everything you want out of a daydream and imagine whatever. It's friggin' Star Wars. Yeah. Don't turn it into a bunch of television shows and a bunch of movies. That's that's the point. Yeah. You know, and what you nailed story? It you nailed what it. story are you going to focus on yeah. that is going to give the Star Wars feels? The campfire. Where's the Big Mac? Yeah. To use all the stuff that we brought up. Yeah. Don't just get like if you if they seriously were to go, guess what everybody? Captain Phasma is getting her own series. I'd be like, who cares? Right. You've already shown me she dies. Right. You've given me no mythology about You've her. You've given me zero mythology. Now you're telling me that after watching her basically flounder around a while and then fall down a pit twice <laughs> that now you want to expand her mythology? Right, right. Like I'm all for it. When I first saw the costume and, and all that, I was like, give me Captain Phasma. Yeah. Put okay. your helmet back on FS1887. Right. That's like her only good line. We, did, we didn't get a lot from her. And so yeah. to retroactively go back and say Captain Phasma is there and to your point, maybe that's Kathleen Kennedy's way of like I want this because I love Gwendolyn Christie. Look, I would give it a chance. But you're telling me you're going to green light a Captain Phasma thing over an Obi-Wan or over, let's say, Darth Bane, Look, you said Princess young, Leia. Young Princess Leia. Young I mean, Princess Leia would be behind. I, Absolutely. I, I think that's a great idea because to be consistent with our point, this isn't about gender. This isn't no. about This is about character development. This is about mythology that we can bank on. Yeah. We can bank on Princess Leia. It's yeah. interesting to me. I can't bank on as much as you do it. I know you love this idea. I can't bank on Cassian Andor. I thought some of his little monologues and soliloquies in Rogue One are actually the worst parts of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he's great when he like when his character introduction was brilliant. Yeah. You know, that he made a sacrifice of killing somebody that he was sympathetic with for the greater good. And it's like a heinous crime and probably not the choices that I would have made. Yeah. But you can see what a difficult choice he had to make. That was an interesting character introduction. That's, that was fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. But the way that developed him later on, I wasn't as into. I'm, I mean I'm, – Anyway, it's just a subjective thing. It is subjective. But I, I'm more with you than I than you think. Right. I, I'm, they announced it and I went, OK. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. The if Mandalorian, says, I'm like, Somebody says, give me a young Princess Leia series. And Aunt, like on Alderaan, as as she's doing her thing and becoming more of a sophisticated and becoming more involved in the political system as a young person. Oh God! And she's starting to get that little touch of the force that she doesn't quite understand. I mean, that's it. I mean, think of some of the great TV series. I mean, I don't know what why it popped in my head. Do you ever watch Alias, J.J. Abrams' show with Jennifer Gardner? I did not, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, but. Put it under the guy – now, I, I only saw I think one season, two seasons. I can't really remember. But the reason it popped in my head was 
alias, right? You yeah. have to change and do all these things and be a spy. Let's take some of those sensibilities and put it to Leia. She's building the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. She's doing senator work. She's being Princess of Alderaan, so she's got to go put on a face for the Emperor. What is that like? Yeah, or like look at the show like The Marvel, uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, yeah. Like a brilliant show about the beginnings of the world of comedy. Right. You know, and stand-up comedians. You know, yeah. people coming into their own. It's basically a coming-of-age type of thing. I mean, a coming-of-age young adult type thing around Princess Leia, that, that sounds exciting to me because it fits the thirst that we have for additional mythology. And and it's such a great point. Additional mythology, we know Princess Leia is the other. We know her her endgame. Well, some, somewhat. We don't know what will happen in episode nine. But there's so much in there. The politics, being a senator, yeah. building a rebel alliance, having the force and not knowing but, it. Having two adopted parents that know everything, there is so much story yeah. in there and that look, you can mine. And I look, what I'm about to say I think is very risky. Uh-oh. Okay, so. Shit. Hold on. But okay. um, going back to Kevin Feige, mm. he told me, how is Spider-Man ever going to compete with Carrie Fisher's last film? Right. And when he said that, I was like, I stopped that in my tracks and I was like, man, of course, like. You know, Prisoner of the Moment. I love the Spider-Man movie, but yeah. it's, it's not going to compete with The Last Jedi. This is Carrie Fisher's last movie. But it's like, and this is going to, you know, I got to be very careful with this because it's it's touchy because of the way I feel about Carrie Fisher, uh -huh. um, the way that that celebrity death, because I'd never met her, but the way it affected me was real. You know, oh, it, was, it was an emotional it, loss. It broke me. You know, yeah. it was it was a real loss. I feel that. They haven't – It's just. it felt to me that The Last Jedi wasn't Carrie Fisher's last film. No, it wasn't. You know, and it, it almost feels like the situation where something really bad happens and, you're, and your parents are trying to protect you from the truth, mm. you know, rather than having that cathartic moment of the goodbye and the truth. And maybe that's what episode nine is about. But unless it's – like unless the full two and a half hours are about that – Mm -hmm. I think it's going to do a disservice that we could have all gotten out of our system in The Last Jedi. Well, I think it's just – this is tragedy because yeah. she was supposed to be a big part of, a episode, big part nine. of episode 9 that was going to kind of wrap her story like yeah. Last Jedi was Luke's and Force Awakens was Han. So unfortunately, we got everything we needed. Like they had this plan, at least enough of it, that Carrie Fisher was Princess Leia, General Leia Organa for – Last Jedi, and that something was going to happen in Episode Nine, but life got in the way and took her from us way too soon. Yeah. So that's that's why I think that's what you're reacting to. Yeah, we didn't get it because. So how are they going to wrap it up in the next one? I don't know holograms and give it the Holog respect that it deserves. You know what I mean? Like, they, like, it, like that's what I'm worried about. Well, I mean, we're, a lot of us are worried. I mean, you have the the whole Last Jedi stuff, and then you have losing Carrie Fisher. Then you have the fans and, that were upset and, and, and like wanting to get it. Like that, that they're also using stuff that she shot for for Force Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, cutting room material. They can right. put it in there, but again, it's just know. like listening to that. You know, like you, you're a Beatles fan. Yes, huge Beatles fan. Okay, you know that song "Real Love" and "Free as a Bird" mm -hmm. that were done as part of the anthology, mm -hmm. and it was post, you know, post uh, John Lennon passing away. Right, and they have these two songs that they got John Lennon um, uh, demo tapes, and then the rest of the Beatles played around it, added some other choruses to it. And it, I mean, both songs are actually great, but they both do feel different. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, so it's like they are. They are so – I mean they feel yeah. good, but there's something missing. Yeah. You know, to me the um, – because Carrie Fisher passed away after they wrapped on Last Jedi. Yeah. 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 See, that's tragic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean what can you do at that point, right? There's not – There's not a lot to do and I think that was given to JJ but, and, and – But look, there's a contradiction there, right? Because if there's no plan for any of these movies, mm -hmm. then how do we know that the ninth one was supposed to be hers? It's a good point. That was uh, maybe that was just narrative that we all created as we started talking about this, right? You know? Right. But that you know. Anyway, look, I, you know, we always you know, Carrie Fisher was a great loss, and if you guys ever want to have just a, a fun, fun, fun time, I highly recommend, and I think I've, we've talked about it on the show before, but watch Carrie Fisher's speech 
at mm-hmm. the American Film Institute's honoring of George Lucas. Yeah. Her speech is like it's like some of the best stand-up comedy I've ever heard. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, it's so brilliant. I, I shared it the day she died. I go, this is this is why I loved her. Yeah. Not just because of Princess Leia and what she did for that, but all the projects she worked for. Her work as a writer. Yeah. She Sleep then appeared in Seattle. Sleeplessly uh, when Harry met Sally. I'm sorry, when yeah. Harry met Sally. I'm I sorry. know what you meant. I apologize because yeah. I was just about to say she is phenomenal yeah. in that. I mean, her timing in that. I want you to know that I will never want yeah. that wagon wheel coffee. But table. didn't she end up writing that one as well? Nora Ephron wrote it. Rob Reiner. Okay, that's why I messed it up with Sleepless because Nora, Nora Ephron, Ephron directed. then directed and wrote. Right. Yeah. She did uncredited ghostwriting for a lot of movies. Yeah. And then and then had her books, had her one woman shows. She was she was smart as a whip and sassy as ever and and we'll always miss her. So yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah. we'll see how they're going to do it. That's one of the big things. But episode 9 wrapped. Now what? After that, is there too much Star Wars? To your point, a little addendum there. There's too much mediocre Star Wars. Yeah. There could it, never be enough good Star Wars. Yes. I honestly feel that. This is why we do this podcast. Give me all the good Star Wars. But again, I, I keep – and I'm, I'm not trying to pick on Captain Phasma here. <laughs> but when you tell me there's a Captain Phasma, that it, it, like that one doesn't make sense. But I, I know that some people read the book and they liked it. But you know, it was a little slow. I heard that from some friends and colleagues. But it's like I don't know where you're going to go with look, that. Knights of Ren? I, give me a break. You look, look, you nailed it. It's – it's about managing the mythology. And right now there's no management of the mythology. Doesn't it's, feel that way. It's just like let's just throw as much shit at the wall as possible. And I look, there's lessons to be learned there for me as well. You know, like maybe at Collider are we throwing too much shit at the wall? Do we make too many different shows? Should we manage our mythology better? There's there's lessons to be learned here. Oh, totally. And we have those conversations. You know, yeah. are we doing p- putting too many videos out at once? You know, yeah. maybe we should stop that. Where do we put this one out first or this? We had those conversations. This this is the same thing. Yeah. Like don't I mean, could you imagine if they go, We're giving you a Knights of Bren TV series. Yeah, it's like us doing a like a like a whole TV or like a whole show on Collider um, about you know what's the deal with Canon and right. like every day we just did a new what's the deal with Canon. Right, which people might like, but I'm sure they would. But I mean, that would be like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just taking something random like we talk about Neil Blomkamp. Right. Okay, he is going to direct a RoboCop kind of sequel reboot, um, and he was. Maybe going to do an Aliens movie, but he did Chappie. He did Elysium yeah. and all these, right? Be like Collider Video is launching their own Neil Blomkamp video right, just right. every week. We're going to talk Neil Blomkamp. And it's like, well, that's going to get hard after a while, right? Yeah, 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 you yeah, don't yeah. have a lot to work with. Yeah, You can maybe do that for Steven Spielberg. You can maybe do that with some of these icons that have been in the business for years sure, and have a body of yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I get what you're saying, but it's like pick the right material and – yeah, maybe this was a leak from Lucasfilm, say, gauging some of the reaction. Yeah, God, it's like maybe I don't know. I mean, it's like I, I, I always it muddies give... the waters so much because like the artist needs to have a vision, needs to understand where he wants to, how he wants to express his mythology or her mythology. Mm-hmm. And right now, we don't have that, you know. And like, yeah, it made a lot of sense. That Kathleen Kennedy was going to be the adult in the room, yeah. You know when this whole thing happened, but let's not forget it. We've talked about it on this podcast. George Lucas was supposed to stick around, right? And, he and was, it, you know, and like they did the whole conversation that George Lucas was going to be the creative force behind Lucasfilm still, mm. and it was after the disagreements around the Force Awakens, right? Where George Lucas, to quote him, and you can watch his amazing interview. Uh, with um, the guy uh, from PBS, uh, Charlie, not Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose. His, his incredible interview with Charlie Rose, where he spills all his guts about this. I highly recommend that video. Where he was like, when 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 Lucas, when Disney came to me and said they wanted to go nostalgic mm-hmm. with Force Awakens, is when I realized I needed to get out of this relationship mm. because like that's not what I want to do. And look, the reality of what happened behind the scenes, we'll never know. It's probably the greatest untold story in like in in entertainment history. Yeah. But they never replaced him, you know? And we've talked about this on this podcast before. Yeah. You can't put all the blame on Kathleen Kennedy 
guiding the ship because she was never supposed to guide the ship. Yeah. She was supposed to manage that all – that the ship runs and that everything is functioning. Mm-hmm. George Lucas was supposed to guide the ship. And yeah. after The Force Awakens and they had all their issues, he left and yeah. they never replaced him. Yeah. I mean we need somebody to, to guide the mythology. I think Kathleen Kennedy will be leaving on her own, on her own accord after uh, episode nine. I think so too. And we're going to see whether or not they give us good Star Wars content and not mediocre yeah. Star Wars content because I think we both are in agreement and answered this question. There's never too much good Star Wars. Yeah, there's never too much good Star Wars and I learned that by playing – uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Legends for about 20 hours this weekend. I love you did that. Um, you got to get on it. I know. You got to get on it. Um, for the listeners out there that are still with us on this episode, if you play on SWG Legends, um, you know, put your put your end game uh, handle in the comments or Twitter or whatever, and uh, maybe I'll hit you up in game. There it is. And that is all of it. That yeah. is episode 27. I feel like we didn't even get started here. I feel like we got a lot more. We had a know? good conversation like we always do. Yeah. But I mean, look, I think we answered – we asked that question that, that seemed relevant for yeah. all the news that was coming out here. Is there too much? Is there, any, is there such a thing as too much Star Wars? Such a thing as too much Star Wars. Yeah. That is episode 27 of Rule of Two here on the Podcast One Jedi Council feed and on Collider Video's main channel. Drops every Tuesday. That is Mark Fernandez at Mark Fernandez on Twitter. At Riley Around on Twitter. What else do you want to say? Anything, Mark Fernandez? That'll do it, right? Rise. And that'll do it. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 it's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.